If you want to turn in your Bibles tonight, we'll be in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I plan to be very, very brief. Um, I really want to have you out of here by about 7 o'clock. Not so much that we're on a time clock now, but I do know that the teens are having a party tonight, and they're going to get together with the Haskets, kind of get to know one another and do some things there, and it is a school night. Unfortunately, there are two days left of school, but on the bright side, there are two days left of school, and yes, I, 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 would, I would have been uncontrollable right now a few years ago when it got down to two days left of school. That was, that was ringing my bell. I was not school's biggest fan, and well, anyway, we'll just move right on past that so we can get out here by 7 o'clock. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, I'll come back and visit something again. I really wasn't even... Planning on mentioning it now, but it's a thought. I read a book. I read a book a little bit back, and one of the chapters on the, the book was dealing on on um, it was talking about a productive church, a strong church, and some of the things in it. But it talked about using the Lord's name in vain. That would be the third of the Ten Commandments: "You shall take the Lord's name, the Lord thy God, in vain." But it gave a whole new perspective. Um, it talked about something totally different than any way that I had ever looked at it before. But I'll come back and, and revisit that in just a little bit. I want to look um, at a message. I don't know. I would entitle it something like The Secret of the Christian Life. Or maybe even The Evidence of the Christian Life. The Secret of, of the Christian Life. Something that I've said Many times, I know it's certainly not new, but, but being a Christian is not a changed life. It is an exchanged life. It's not changing the one we had. It, it's giving the one we had to God and letting him do away with the old life so that old things become new. Living a Christian life is not trying to act better. It's not, anybody ever try to act better before you got saved? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever tried to walk it? You just tried to do better, but it was prior to getting saved. Living the Christian life isn't trying to act better. It's not just trying to do things better. It's not trying to clean up your vocabulary and stop cussing and use a better choice of words. It's not to, to try to do things like to stop partying or do worldly things and, and going out. It, it's, it's just trying to, to surrender everything. It's giving everything to Christ. Living the Christian life is it's not just trying to, to live better. It's not just trying to do things more right. It's, it's not just trying to maybe be a better friend or a better person at work. It's not just trying to have a, a better attitude. Being, in Christ, being a Christian, being a child of God means, God, I give you everything. I surrender my life to you. And God takes that old life. I, I ran into several years ago up in Atlanta. I ran into a guy, and he was actually driving a, a Budweiser truck. Um, but he was a guy from my past. And he said, um, we, we talked a minute, and he, he said, I heard you don't even say stuff like poop anymore. He, he used a little bit different word. And I said, brother, a lot's happened since the last time I saw you. The guy you know is dead and in the grave. And praise God you won't ever see him again. 
I doubt that that guy even understood what I was talking about, knowing him from my background. But it is giving our life to God. Being a Christian means that, that the old me is dead and gone. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I've been given a brand new life. God takes us, He removes the old, and He fills us with Himself. The old Donald that's dead, that guy didn't have what this guy's got. This guy has the Spirit of the living God living inside of him. For every child of God in this place, that old void is gone, and we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. Our text here in Ephesians chapter 5 says, beginning in verse number 18, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. God, I thank you so much. Lord, I pray you take just this next few minutes. God, I pray you just give us a thought from heaven. God, I pray that you'd speak to everybody in this place. God, I'm asking you, would you reach down and do something special? Give one little nugget, God, to everybody in here that we might walk out having learned something. May you change something in us, God. May each one of us walk out of this door more in the image of Christ than we were when we came in the door, God. Change us, mold us, and make us. In Jesus' name we ask it, Father. Amen. So when we become a Christian, it is surrendering the old life in order that we might have a new life. God's Word tells us that that God Himself, in the form of the Holy Spirit, will come in and live inside of us. That means that we have God Himself in the third person of the Trinity, God in the Holy Spirit, guiding us, leading us, directing us teaching us, showing us the way of everything that we do. And we have the Holy Spirit of God in us, using us. This ought to blow your mind, absolutely blows my mind. That that He is using us for the glory of His kingdom. God is using you for the glory of His kingdom. Is that not awesome? Anybody in here have a past? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember some stuff that you might have been one time before? Anybody remember how far down God reached to get you? Anybody remember how low you were when God came down there and got you and brought you up? And now God is using that for the kingdom of God, for his own glory. What a God. So Paul makes a contrast here between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit. I wish I didn't have a past. But I do. And it old me. But one of the things that my past does, it lets me teach things that I know are for certain. He, he makes this contrast between being drunk with wine and filled with the Spirit. I've had a taste of both. One of them causes a person to be out of control. But the other one is what enables us to have control. One of them makes a person powerless over his own actions. The other one gives us power over our life. One of them brings sorrow and regret. 
The other one brings joy and happiness. The things before we were saved that we thought were going to bring joy, they might have brought a few minutes of foolishness, but they came at a price to be paid. Amen? To be filled with the Spirit is not an option if we're a child of God. It's a command. It is, it is something that will take place at the moment of salvation. It's something that is going to happen at the moment that we surrender everything to Christ, at the very moment that we surrender our life to God, the Holy Spirit indwells us. We become filled with the Spirit. That is a present tense. That means it's going to happen right then, but it is also a continuous action. It means it's never going to be taken away. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be that guiding. It is a passive action. You and I don't do it. Somebody else does it for us. All we do is accept the free gift. All we do is accept what God has offered, and then God himself is the one who fills us. We just surrender our will. So in order to be a Christian, it's a command. It is a fact that we must be filled with the Spirit. That's the new birth. Except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So at the moment we get saved, we become born of the Spirit. Anybody say amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So how do we know if we're filled with the Spirit? Everybody in here says, I know. I just know what I felt. I, I just know what came inside. I just know what I was before and I know what I am now. I just know that after I got saved, I remember one time I used one of those words that I used on the other side of Calvary, and the Holy Spirit inside of me says, what are you doing? Why did you say that? I can remember after getting saved and, and having a bad day and things are going bad, and you hit your hand with a hammer or something goes wrong, and you bark off an adjective that you might have used, and the Holy Spirit says, well, did that make it feel any better? Or does it hurt just as bad as it did before you said it? Well, actually, it hurts a little worse because I've just offended my God in the process of all of it. So, so there are things that we can know that we are filled with the Spirit. But how do others know that we're filled with the Spirit? There's a lot of false teachings, and they claim that the way others will know is by you demonstrating certain gifts of the Spirit, that you have the gift of healing, or you have the gift of prophecy, and you have these certain outward gifts, and you utilize these gifts to show people in outwards, and those, those are false teachings. I'll go ahead and tell you, because actually the Word of God teaches us actually the opposite of that. It's the inward things is how people will know that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. What we see here in our text, verse number 19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Others will see it because there is a new song in our heart. Psalm chapter 40, verse number 3, He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. We're not making rhythm. Rhythm appeals to the flesh. We're not making harmony because harmony appeals to the emotions. It says we're making melody. It, it is melody that appeals to the inner spirit. The kind of melody that Paul and Silas had in a prison cell at midnight. The kind of melody that had a man singing out in spite of his circumstances. The kind of melody that caused chains to break and fall off. The kind of melody that caused prison doors to open and captives were set free. It's that kind of melody that comes inside of us. That it doesn't matter what's going on around us, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of how bad things may be, regardless of how dark things may look, we have a song in our heart that makes everything bright. 
That's inward evidence. But then an upward evidence, verse number 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being filled with the Spirit gives us an attitude of thanksgiving in all things at all times. It is an attitude of gratitude toward God the Father. You know, kind of we talked about this morning when we looked at um, unanswered prayers and the fact that there's really not any such thing. God just didn't give us what we asked for. He gave us something better. He, he did something different. There, there ought to be an attitude of praise in everything. There ought to be an attitude of praise when the sun's shining. There ought to be an attitude of praise when it's raining. There ought to be an attitude of praise when it's snowing, when it's hot, when it's cold. We shouldn't be deterred or affected by the things going on. We ought to always have an attitude of praise. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. We are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We're going to leave this old ragged world. We're going to spend an eternity in the presence of an almighty God in a place that he's been preparing. He made all this in six days, and he's been working for a couple thousand years on that one. I can only imagine what it's going to look like. We're going to spend all of eternity there, and we ought to be thanking God for everything on every day in this life in every situation. Being filled with the Spirit makes us thankful. It is the Holy Spirit inside of us that, that reminds us of the goodness of God that's just always bringing up how good God's been to us and what all God has done for us. So while we see the inward evidence in the song that's in our heart, God sees the evidence in, in this upward evidence as we constantly and continually give praises to His name. But then an outward evidence there in verse number 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. The outward evidence will manifest itself in our relationship with others. You, you want people to know that you're filled with the Spirit? That, that's going to be evidenced by how you treat other people. That, that's going to be evidenced by how you respect other people. That's going to be evidenced by how you talk about other people. If, if you're at work and you're tearing down somebody from the church, do you think anybody's seeing the Holy Spirit in you? The Holy Spirit is evidenced by the way we do things, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So, so it's the way that we take care of others. It's the way that we help other people. It's the way that, that we reach out to the needy. It's what Paul's talking about when he wrote to the church at Philippi. And he said in chapter 2, verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. One of the most beautiful demonstrations, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that we're named after, right? Christian. Christ-like. Not only did he deny himself on Calvary's cross for us, but he even showed us, it, it, we just played it up here at the Lord's Supper, when, when he took the role of a servant and he knelt down and he washed the feet of the disciples. The creator of all the universe lowered himself to the lowest form of a servant to wash the feet of the ones that he called out of worldly things to follow him. John chapter 13, after he washed their feet, says he'd taken his garments and was set down again and said unto them, Know you not what I've done for you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, 
ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Can I just go ahead and let's just make that symbolic because I love y'all, but I ain't washing your feet. I, I love y'all a lot, but that's just asking an awful lot. I, that's not under the headline of pastor's job description. The truth is, in that day, it was a very different form, man, to, to wash people's feet. You know the deal. I don't have time to go back and cover all that, but that was a very big deal. People came in from the day barefooted or sandals, walking on dirt roads. It, it was a very big deal as somebody came into your house. It, it was washing off the daily dirt, the daily grime. It was doing something special for somebody. And what Jesus is saying, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus is saying, listen, you ought to take care of your brothers in Christ. You ought to take care of your sisters. You ought to do things to be a blessing to others. You want people to see Christ in you? Then love one another. You want people to see the Holy Spirit of God living in you? Then take care of others the way that I've shown you here. Christians who are truly filled with the Holy Spirit have a song in their hearts. Anybody got a song? Anybody got a new song? We, we ought to have a song, a, a cheerful song, a happy pick-me-up song. I ain't saying you're going to be on top of the world 24-7 and it's always happy. But there's always a song in your heart that will bring you back to happy. There's always a song that will reach down into a dark place and pull you back up. Who is that? Tell them I said hello. <laughs> I know they wanted to talk to me anyway. Ma'am? Is that what that is? <laughs> tell, tell, tell them, tell them we we're praying for them. That thing good? Wow. What's the two words? But God. But God. I love it. They, they went in and were doing some surgery and they was all worried about it. But God showed up right in the middle of church. Imagine that. Right on time. Christians who are truly filled with the Spirit will be thankful Regardless of the situation, knowing that God holds it in his hand, if God allowed it to come my way, then it has to have a reason. And everything that he does is going to be for my good and for his glory. So that means that whatever's coming my way, God is getting glory out of it. Or he wouldn't be letting it pass by my way. Always esteem others better than themselves so first john 1 9 says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness romans 14 8 for whether we live we live unto the lord and whether we die we die unto the lord whether we live therefore we die we are the lord's for to this end christ both died and rose and revived that he might be lord both of the dead and the living matthew chapter 11 jesus said in verse 24 therefore i send to you Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Hmm. So the Christian life is not just a changed life. It's not just acting a little better the day after than you did the day before. It is an exchanged life. That person no longer exists. We are now born in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit and, and heaven as our home. So, so tonight, 
I guess the question is, are we filled with the Spirit? Do you know that you know that you know it's Sunday night? Everybody in here, we would expect to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Everybody in here, I would expect to be a born-again child of the living God. But that'd be evidenced in you. Do, do you know it doesn't matter? Uh, I, was, I was talking to, I think it was a preacher over, over the past week. It might have been Ray Flynn. But it's a sad truth. A lot of people will show up in hell right off a church pew. They've been playing church for a long time. You know what's sad is every time the invitation is offered, they're the one that knows. You know whether or not you're filled with the Spirit. But then do others know that we're filled with the Spirit? Because if we're living a life pleasing to Christ and, and the Holy Spirit really is leading and guiding and directing and showing the way and guiding our path, then others ought to look at us and see Christ in us. Do we have a, a song in our heart that sings in the face of adversity? Do we have a song in our heart that can sing at the midnight hour in a cold, damp prison cell and cause chains to fall off and prisoners to be set free? Do we have that kind of song in us? Do we have a constant attitude of praise that no matter what's going on, thank you, God? Most of the time, no matter how bad it is, it could always be worse if God didn't intervene. Do we spend our time praising God or do we spend our time complaining about our situation? Do we spend our time thanking God, praising Him for what He's done or do we spend our time complaining about our problems? Do, do we spend our time rejoicing and thanking God or do we spend our time griping because it didn't go in the way that we want it to go or maybe even the way that we thought it ought to go? And then how is our relationship with others? Let us esteem others better than ourselves. Does that not say to put the well-beings of others even in front of your own well-being? Is that not telling us that, that sometimes we're to go out of our way to help somebody else? Put ourselves in a bad spot so that somebody else can get out of a bad spot to esteem others. Do we build others up or do we tear others down? These are all personal questions. You're the only one that knows the answers. You're the only one that knows when you're talking about somebody behind their back, are you tearing them down or building them up? You can talk about somebody behind their back, and that's okay, as long as you're esteeming them, as long as you're building them up, as long as you're complimenting them, as long as you're telling somebody something good about them. But do we spend our time, do we spend more of our time building others up or tearing others down? Do we exemplify Christ in all that we do? Because that is the evidence of the Christian life. That, that, that is the secret that is within us. That is the Holy Spirit. So here's why I asked you the question before. I, I read that book, and it was on the healthy church. And it talked about using the Lord's name in vain. And, and it said something that got my attention. We think of using the Lord's name in vain as curse words added to and including God's name in it. He added a whole new realm to it. He said to use the name of the Lord in vain is to call yourself a child of God and not live according to the will of God. He said that's using God's name in vain. To claim you're like him, but live nothing like him. Kind of puts a whole new perspective on that 
third commandment, doesn't it? So I guess the question is, do, do we do any of those things outside of the will of God? Because in, in, in reality, what, what that book's saying is that when we don't esteem others better than ourselves, and we claim to be a Christian, then we're using the Lord's name in vain. When we're not thankful to God, regardless of the situation, when we're not praising Him and thankful for what He's already done for us, then we're using the Lord's name in vain. We don't have a song in our heart. We're not singing praises to Him. And we claim to be Christian, then we're using the Lord's name in vain. Got a whole new perspective for looking at it, isn't it? It's not Bible. I get that. But it's a pretty good thought. It's one that's off put an awful lot of encouragement in me. It makes me think every time I do anything contrary to the will of God and call myself a Christian, I just took my father's name in vain because I said I was one thing, but I lived something else. It's an encouragement to me to try to make every minute count. I want us to take a few minutes. I told you I won't be but a few minutes, and we, we got a couple. I want to take a few minutes and pray. And, and listen, let's just, let's just ask God. I, I, need, I need help. Anybody need help? I, I need help. Y'all live in the same world I live in? Anybody ever get on anybody's nerves? Anybody else ever see people that can't drive? If not, go to Atlanta. Drove 2,000 miles this week, and the worst place I've been was Atlanta. I, I, need, I, I need help. I want God to help me. I, I want other people to see the Holy Spirit of God living in me. I don't want to have to tell anybody I'm a child of the King. It, it, it's, it's embarrassing if somebody had to ask me, are you a Christian, because they didn't know the answer. They, they ought to know it by the way we act, by the way we walk, by the way we talk, by the way we live, by everything that we do. The, the Spirit ought to be evidence within us. If I could have you go ahead and stand up, you can pray right where you're at. It doesn't matter. I just want to pray for a few minutes. You can come to the altar and pray. Let, let's just ask the Lord to help us be a picture of Christ, that, that people see Christ in us. I, I, think, I think the inward evidence is the easiest one. I think every one of us have our own testimony. I think every one of us has that inward evidence. We know whether or not it's real. We know whether or not we were saved. Listen, you know whether or not you've prayed. You know whether or not you've prayed to receive Christ. But let me just go ahead and plug in. I prayed a lot of times before I got saved. Because the problem was I was in church because my parents made me go there. And I was praying because I wanted forgiveness for what I'd done, but not bad enough to change what I was doing. I was going to go back and do the same thing next weekend that I did last weekend. That's not repentance. That's not salvation. That's just a little bit sorry for what you did. But I know when everything changed, I, I know when I was really brokenhearted, when I really knew that I needed Christ, and I prayed and I surrendered everything to God and asked Him to save my soul, everything in me changed. Everybody have that day? Anybody know that day? You remember that day? That's the day. That's the day that is evidence. That's the day that's evidenced inside. But I don't want it just evidenced in me. I want it evidenced 
around me. I want everybody that sees me. I want them to see Christ. I want them to see the love of Christ. I want them to see the power of God. I want them to see the goodness of God. I want them, I want them, I want them to see Christ. I don't want to feel like I'm calling myself a Christian and using my Lord's name in vain by living contrary to that thought. I want God to, to help us as Faith Baptist Church to be a living, breathing testimony in the power of God. I want this community to see what the love of Christ looks like through us. I want them to see the love of Christ in us, in this church, in each one of us.